Swim in your once I drown. Call them up for the pound. Our future, yeah, it's right on my clothes. Babe, yeah, I watch you do coke. Broke a you used to sleep on the floor. I never do it no more. Telling you broke is no joke. I used to kick in that dope. Wait, now I'm selling all the shows. While I'm all rich, then you wait on my clothes. Hold on, little mama, you tweaking. A bad Puerto Rican. Wake up, line up. You're in the slot on this wonderful Thursday morning. I'm your host, Cade Cox, with my co host, Lucas Bullbosch. And we got a special guest today, Austin Jacobson, who's a very close friend of ours. He's going to come break down everything and anything NFL football. So, we're going to start off with topic one. Houston's hurrah. Houston on a big six-game winning streak. Lucas, <laughs> Lucas, why don't you start us off? out of off? nowhere. Four, uh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the Houston Texans, after starting this season 0-3. They got lucky. <laughs> have won <laughs> six games in a row after starting 0-3. Deshaun Watson. They're terrible. <laughs> Jeez, the peanut gallery really Nobody. getting into it Nobody. Oof. Oof. Deshaun Watson. Sounds a bitter bear back there, huh? <laughs> big special guest today. Sorry, this is uh, Station General Manager Ford Clark, <laughs> big Bronco fan, and they got lucky. I would just like to point that out, that our all-world kicker, who never misses a kick, um, terrible coaching by the Broncos, um, and Houston's terrible, and they just got lucky. I would just like to point that out. Okay. Have a great show, guys. <laughs> Thanks, Ford. <laughs> I dig it. All right, back to that. So Deshaun Watson uh, playing at a completely different level the way he started the season. You know, there's questions coming off that torn ACL if he was going to have a sophomore slump, and he's picked up his game to a whole new level. You know, DeAndre Hopkins continues to look like a top five receiver for about the third straight year. And the Texans, uh, best team in their division as of now. Oh, the AFC South is a train wreck up to this point. I mean, Jacksonville, Saxonville, whatever you want to call them, not what they were. Everything has just kind of fallen apart for them. But for Deshaun Watson, after starting 0-3 to have such a big comeback, for a team like Houston and for Houston Texans fans, makes a world of difference. Well, I mean, if you look at their schedule when they went 0-3, they lost at the Patriots, and that's a 27-20 loss. That's a, that's a pretty impressive loss, if you tell me, especially yeah. in Week 1, because Bill Belichick will know your team better than you will. And that was also with Deshaun Watson playing his first full game. Uh, off of that torn ACL last year, you got you got just you just have to like look at how he would have started the season. Then you look at the second game on September 16th, they lost at the Titans. Um, that's a conference game or that's a division game. That's you know that's a tough team, and especially with the Titans because you never know what you're going to get from them every week. You could get Derrick Henry running for 100 yards or uh, Deion Lewis running for 100 yards, or you could get Marcus Mariota thrown for 300 like he did on Monday night or 200 or whatever it was on Monday night. And then um, of course the most the most embarrassing loss so far was the Giants one. Uh, just seeing what the dumpster fire they are this year but you know you got to give credit to the Giants they are they're a talented team and if you are looking at the Houston Texans and you're going to lose those first three games that's a good way that's a good way to get 0-3 and looking at that schedule but then starting six, or going 6-0 from there that's a very impressive especially against some of the teams they have played yeah and you know uh, after starting 0-3 head coach Bill O'Brien had some of the highest odds to lose his job but I think his uh, seat is safe right now as they're 6-3 and and in first in their division but I just love what the Texans have done this year you now, they brought in Tyron Matthew, who is an elite safety in this league, to a one-year deal. I expect they're going to try to re-sign him after this year, as he has been a difference maker in their secondary. But I also love the move for trading for Demarius Thomas to give DeAndre Hopkins a sidekick. You know, last week at Denver, you know they were getting him involved right away in the passing game in his welcome back game to Denver. But going forward, I expect the both of them to be a great tandem in this NFL. 
And they will, and especially in the last three games, Deshaun Watson currently at eight touchdowns, no picks through these last three weeks. So, I mean, that's something Bill O'Brien has wanted to see ever since his rookie year last year. And on the opposite side of the football, looking at the defense, J.J. Watt having a great comeback season, and it makes me so happy for him, someone who a lot of people thought might not ever play again considering the injuries he had. So a few things I noted, could be a very sneaky playoff team. They're going to win the AFC South. I would – would not be surprised to see a team like this make a playoff run, especially with some of the lower teams in the AFC. So I think there's a team they're a team everyone needs to watch out for. Yeah, I'll bring up the Texans in a in a little bit in a different segment. So uh, I'll I'll save all that for just uh, a while back. But it, like you said about the defense, they're looking very impressive. They they're one of the more impressive defenses from this uh, nine week turnaround now, uh, especially from last year. Just getting JJ Watt back healthy is critical. Uh, it's huge for your defensive line, and they love to play versatile defensive line. They they want to put him all over across the field. He he can line up in nose. He can line up in the three. He can line up in the B gaps. He can line up outside. You can run wide nine. You can do a lot of stuff, and especially Tyron Matthew in the backfield too. You have a lot of stuff going on back there. Yeah, and the Texans this week they head into their bye, but coming up after the bye they have a lot of winnable games. They are at Washington on November the 18th, Monday night uh, against Tennessee, another divisional game. I bet they're going to want revenge for their earlier loss in the season. And then they have Cleveland, and then the Colts, and then the Jets. So those are all winnable games for the Texans in which they should amass the double-digit mar- win mark this year. Yeah, if they are under 10 wins, I'd be very surprised. I think this team is being very un- under undervalued up to this point and they're going to run away with the AFC South so I think it's just something that everyone's got to take note of moving on to our second topic we've got a bit of an interesting one which we have greatly called Dak's demise and I think everyone is coming to see time's running out in Dallas so whichever one of you want to start us off let's talk about some Dak Prescott yeah, you know, I'm going to rip into the Cowboys for a second. <laughs> yeah, go, go ahead. Uh, Dak, There's not that many Cowboys fans that listen, right? Yeah. I, mean. <laughs> I think the decision or the narrative on Dak Prescott is, do you pay him? And they traded for Amari Cooper to see if he would be able to fit with a number one wide receiver with Dak. And personally, I am not a Dak Prescott fan. He was a fourth pick for a reason. He's a game manager, nothing more, nothing less. That's all he can do. You know, he's never going to be the guy that can go for over 300 yards. He's going to be the guy that's around 100 to about 200 yards, kind of manages the game, maybe a few turnovers each week. But personally, I would not sign him to the big extension to what Jerry Jones and Jason Garrett want to do. Tell me if I'm wrong in my assessment if I say he's a a slightly more accurate RG3. I was going to say he's a underperforming Alex Smith. That's what I was going to go. With. I I could I could I I agree with that one too, but he I mean he is exactly that. He is a game manager at best. He doesn't throw the deep ball well. And I mean truly he doesn't have any receivers to throw the deep ball, but even with Amari Cooper now, it'll be interesting to see if he's going to be the quarterback that they thought he was his rookie year. He had one of the best rookie seasons a quarterback's ever had in completion percentage and QBR, but that's not a, that's not really like a testament to his ability as a quarterback. That's more of the ability of the system and how well he fit into that system at the time and I think defensive coordinators they always do this you a lot of quarterbacks have that big rookie year just like RG3 and then they get figured out and something I that I saw on Monday night Dak's doing the same thing he normally does he did the same thing with Dez he tries to force it to him in the red zone and it just doesn't work the Cowboys red zone offense is horrible you you can just put nine in the box you put nine in the box and you put one guy on your outside receivers and you're fine like that's that's all you do because Dak's not going to make the big throw so teams know they're going to try and give it to Zeke and if Zeke can't get in there's nothing they can do yeah and like you said if Zeke can't get in you know a few years ago when Dak was successful they had the best offensive line in football that's not the case anymore so it's very hard for Zeke to find those running lanes but I also think Jason Garrett needs to go you know I only think 
the only reason he's still the head coach of the Cowboys is because he doesn't question Jerry Jones' authority with Jerry Jones being so power hungry. In the one year, uh, Jason Garrett pretty much where everyone thought he was going to be this great head coach, he led the league in rushing and he had a tandem of rookies that no one knew, knew how to stop at the time. And then every other season, he's a sub 500 coach. And I don't think you can there's nothing else to say. And I mean, if you look at the Cowboys, even from like a tradition history, when they were running the ball and dominating in the 90s, they had one of the best athletes that receiver we've ever seen in the NFL in Michael Irvin, and one of the most accurate passes we've ever seen in Troy Aikman. But Troy Aikman was not a fantastic quarterback if he had to play, if, if the game was on his shoulders. If he had to throw the ball 30, 35 times a game, he was not the best quarterback to do it. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback, but because he had a lot of talent around him. Now, if we look at the team that won in, what was it, 2014, that went 12-4 and with Tony Romo, it was the exact same way. Tony Romo could carry an offense, but he shouldn't be throwing the ball 35 times a game. DeMarco Murray had over 400 carries that year for a reason. And so when you don't have a running back and an offensive line that can sustain that, it's really tough for a Cowboy offense to be able to keep going. Was he the offensive player of the year that year? DeMarco? Yeah, he was. Yeah, And that I mean, that was that was the same year that uh, Dez had over 1,200 yards receiving and over 10 touchdowns. You had Tony Romo throwing for over 3,500 yards and had that team not gone hurt, who knows what could have happened. And especially, you know, you go back to the Lambeau catch and all that kind of stuff, maybe this team is remembered a lot differently but traditionally Jason Garrett's offense relies on talented offensive linemen a talented running back and you hope that your quarterback doesn't make mistakes and at this point you don't have the offensive line cohesion right now you have a talented one but they're not doing the job and you have a great running back that you don't know how to get the ball to except in traditional ways yeah and one thing to know you know they traded their first round pick this year for Amari Cooper and it's looking like now that first round pick is going to be very good for Oakland so that is not something you want to see as a Cowboys fan as you only have a second round pick as your highest pick this year when you're trying to rebuild and add talent to that Cowboys offense or defense it's going to be a tough go for Cowboys fans. Yeah, I think if you're a Cowboys fan, you're gonna or the Cowboys organization, you're really gonna have to consider the draft. I don't. I mean, maybe there's someone in the second that you like. See what you can do in free agency. Maybe. I mean, Jameis Winston might be a. I don't know if he's a realistic option, but he's someone you definitely have to take note of. Being a formal, former first overall pick. So. Well, it's a, it's a good it's a good draft to have a development quarterback though. I mean, you, there's a lot of guys that are gonna be probably in that second third round range that may as quarterbacks do get bumped up to the end of that first or beginning of the second. But like you were saying, Lucas, if you want to draft a quarterback of, of talent in this draft you're gonna have to pick him before the third and it's it would be a waste of a pick for the Cowboys to pick someone of the quarterback position with someone of the level of Dak already there it's it's just it would be tough to verify that within a fan base within a GM even for Jerry Jones yeah with the quarterback talking about quarterbacks real quick the Cowboys are one of the only teams in the NFC, besides maybe the Giants in their own division, that don't have their quarterback in the future, and that is very worrisome for a franchise in today's Well, they, NFL. they would tell you they have their quarterback in the future. They're, they're going to say that they like Dak. Yeah, but, you know, we well, the rest of the world's going to say, no, you don't. Because, I mean, I know Jerry and Jason love Dak, but, I mean, you got to just look at the numbers. You're not winning football games, and at this point, it's really not even becoming close. Yeah, it just it 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 really. I would be interested to see if the Jameis situation comes up because they're known to take risks on players like that. Even well, you, you gotta cons- you gotta consider right. him. Yeah, and I but I think it also determines on who the next coaches because if you bring an offensive mind and coach no offensive coordinator right now in the NFL is going to look at Jameis Winston and say you're my starting quarterback. You yeah. would you would hope at least. With that being said, we're going to take a break, but don't go anywhere. We're, when we come back, we're going to start with CPs, LPs, and APs up to this point <laughs> with Austin Lucas being a Panthers fan, me being a Patriots fan. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to In the Slot on 91.1 KLPR.
Damn mama, I don't wanna sign up. No way. I'll chill, getting commas. Like my dad, I'm a grinder. She don't want me locked up. Mama, I'm gonna wash up. Whip my wrist, sit lock up. All my diamonds rocked up. I don't wanna sign up. Mama love me, so I can't do no wrong. Trap, so this our favorite song. I'm gonna get them racks, little baby. They so long. Said I wasn't nothing, but I came to strong. You got the best advice, but I won't call. I know I'm grown, so I do not need y'all. And if I get locked up, I'm chasing law. You fix everything, so that's what I thought. When I was small, mama made me tall. Even though I'm daddy, pup, she still gonna wear my paws. Don't care about this money, don't care about them cars. Lose my mama, that's a problem you can't solve Sign up. No way. I'll chill getting commas. Like my dad, I'm a grinder. She don't want me locked up. Mama, I'm gonna wash up. Whip my wrist, sit lock up. All my diamonds rocked up. I don't wanna sign up. Welcome back to In the Slot. I'm your host, Cade Cox, with my co-host, Lucas Bullbush, and special guest, Austin Jacobson. We're going to jump right into CPs, LPs, and APs. Lucas, Austin, both Panthers fans. Let's start us off with last week. A little LPAP, right? Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, so last week, Carolina beat Tampa Bay 42-28. They broke the franchise record for points scored in the first half with 35. So after that Philly win, I think they're riding the momentum. Their offense has been clicking on all cylinders ever since then. And I don't think anyone needs to get this mixed up. That Tampa Bay game was not that close by any means. Like, sure, Ryan Fitzmagic came in and threw the ball around a lot, but he threw the ball, what, like 50 times? And the Panther defense is not built to hold leads. Ron Rivera's not good with leads as it is. So I don't think that people kind of like try to – they're always trying to nitpick the Panthers, and that's what I don't get. Like, a lot of national media looks at the Panthers, and when they only win to Tampa Bay by 14, then they're like, oh, well, the Panthers aren't there yet. They're not as good as they're supposed to be. But yet they go into Philly and come back and beat them, and Cam Newton gets no love, gets absolutely nothing from it. And it's just shocking to me. It really is. Yeah, you know, um, often I said the other week, you know, if 
a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or even Carson Wentz has a comeback from behind win against the defending Super Bowl champions, almost every morning show leads the show with that. Right. But for Cam Newton, not the case. You know, it's brought up in the middle of the show. You know, people like to hate on him for his celebrations. But in my personal ruling, if you don't like his celebrations, keep him out of the end zone. Right. And I mean, honestly, the, the Panthers, around, like all around, if there wasn't an Alvin Kamara, if there wasn't a Pat Mahomes this year, Cam's probably in the MVP talk, at least a top three. Oh, I think he's top five for sure. Yeah, I, I think right now he's top five. And what people just don't see from him because of all the other statistics being thrown around the league right now is that he is playing out of his mind. He this is his first year with multiple touchdowns in multiple weeks it's straight. And it's one of the more impressive feats of his career to improve his completion percentage by a significant margin from last year. Yeah, and that's a credit to North Turner and Ron, Absolutely, yeah. Ron Rivera bringing him in after spending time with him in San Diego. And Cameron Newton will rave about North Turner helping his career. But, you know, surprisingly, Cam's stats this year have been better than his MVP season in 2015, with the only stat being 8-0 at that point instead of 6-2. But Cam is having just an amazing season. And, Kate, I don't know if you have Christian McCaffrey on your fantasy team or if you've played him, but he is one monster of a running back to play against because they just use him so well so far this year. And I've been tremendously impressed because last year, of course, he had, what, 81 receptions, 82 receptions. And this year he's getting the reception yards, which is huge for him because he's so much better than a a guy that you just plug and play, you throw the ball out to and hope something works. He needs his little creases of space that he can make work. He doesn't really make plays on his own, but if you get him in the right system, he's a tremendous player. Yeah, you know, and last year, you know, there was the notion that he couldn't gain yards yards after contact he picked up some extra muscle in the offseason he's like 20 pounds heavier now and it's all muscle dude's yoked yeah he's been breaking tackles all year round but the thing that I really love what this Panther offense is doing is when they have Christian McCaffrey and Curtis Samuel both in the backfield and DJ Moore in motion those are three players who can be considered running backs when they have the ball with DJ Moore often being a running back in college and the same with Curtis Samuel and we saw on last week with the reverse with Curtis Samuel. Carolina's reverse game is scary because all three of those receivers are oh, very shifty. No, I mean, North Turner's opening up all the bag of tricks that he had from when he was like offensive corner back in what the like early 80s or 90s or whatever, however long he's been here. But he's doing everything right. And I honestly, I love the fact that North Turner's there. A lot of people had questions about that because he's been dicey with his offensive schemes recently. But especially with the Panthers, it looks like he was the right guy and the right hire. Yeah, you know, and with Cam Newton's career, you know, he's been good 75% of the time. But, you know, last year he had those weeks where – he was just god awful. Oh yeah, and but he's for the most part he's taken away those games completely this year. But uh, one thing to note: the NFC South, you know, right now they're the best division of football in terms of win losses with all four teams. I would say even just like in general, I think you have to say that they're probably the best. Well, you could th- argue AFC West, I guess, but I yeah. would say, I would say a- a- NFC South. I say the AFC West is really top heavy. I mean. Going down to Denver and Oakland, that yeah, kind of, that, that's that, true. that carries them down. Compared who knows? To who knows what that what we'll say about that next year, though. But. One thing that separates the NFC South, though, is signing uh, controversial players. You know, with the Panthers signing Eric Reed, going right. out and assessing a need with a safety need in Eric Reed, and then the Saints just this week signed Des Bryant as their sure Super Bowl contender, and then the Falcons signing Bruce Irvin this week. Three players who are very good players that deserve to be on a team yeah and they, they just have a couple of chips on their shoulders or they have you know been not on a roster for whatever reason all three of them have different reasons for that but it's it is interesting to see 
what will transpire in the NFC South here, especially because the Panthers' year coming up near the end, that's a that's a gauntlet of a schedule. They traditionally always lose the last game of the year to Atlanta, and they've already beaten Atlanta once. So, no, or no, no, they didn't. Yeah, sorry, my bad. But they uh, they lost to Atlanta once, but uh, they play them um, in a three week gauntlet. That's what New Orleans, Atlanta, New Orleans. Yes. and it's at at New Orleans, Atlanta, and then at or no, it's at home. home. Home against Saints, home against Atlanta at New Orleans. And that that's rough. That's that's a tough way to try to win an NFC South crown. But I think they can do it. I think they can. I think this is a competitive team. And I think it's been proven in years past that you don't want to play the Panthers when they are in the hunt. Yeah. Because they are they are traditionally a good team that gets in the playoffs every year and does and scraps and fights in whatever way possible. Yeah, and Thomas Davis said this week, he said this is the most talented Panthers team he's ever been on. And that I'd agree. That's even the 2015 Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, top to bottom, this team has definitely more talent. All right, Kate, I've got I've got something for you right now. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. You okay, know, I'll let so, you guys have your Panther time. Yeah. Bit. Okay. No, this is still Panther time right here. So oh, okay. uh, yeah, still Panther time. So uh, uh, Lucas and I work together at Campus Rec. We're big coworker guys. So one cool. of our uh, one of our bosses, or kind of our boss, I don't really know, Mike Young, uh, big Philadelphia Eagle guy, right? And so I make bets with them probably every single week. You know, they're dumb bets. He wears a Christian McCaffrey jersey if the Panthers win. I wear Mike, you know, Mike Vick jersey. If yeah, you know, I like Eagles stuff like win. that. Yeah, you know, nothing wrong with that. But he made the most ludicrous bet I've ever heard in my life. I was so confident. I took him on it, and then I even upped my end of the bet. Are you ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready. So he said the Eagles, who are 4-4 four and four right now, four com- four. coming out of their bye week, um, he said that the Philadelphia Eagles will make the playoffs, but the Carolina Panthers will not. Um, how much money did you put on this? We didn't put money. I, uh, if, if, if the Eagles make the playoffs and the Panthers don't, I have to wear a Mike Vick jersey the day after the, the Eagles make it. So the Monday after, because that's when I work. And then I also have to wear it the day before the game. And then I also, I upped it too. I'm this confident. I added into it that I would buy him whatever dinner he wants at Buffalo Wild Wings, whatever, and we would watch the Eagle game together. Because there's no way that the Eagles will make the playoffs and the Panthers won it. I don't even know if the Eagles will make the playoffs at all. But if they do, the Panthers are still going to be in it. I was going to say, put your go ahead and put your life savings on that right, as well. Right. I mean, I'm not an Eagles believer at all this year. I, I mean, we've been saying this for weeks. I've been saying this ever since the show started, that the Eagles' Super Bowl victory last year was a fluke. That the stars aligned for one season for the Eagles, and they happened. everything happened to go right for them. I mean, Nick Foles comes in and wins a Super Bowl. That is a story. It's a fairy tale that everything is great for Eagles fans for one year. Now they're 4-4. Four and four. Granted, you know, they've looked better as of late, but I mean... If they do happen to win their division, which, I mean, they could because their division is just... I mean, you'd have to expect Washington to lose three more times. Exactly, because they're Washington. I think their division is the definition of mediocrity. Everyone is, eh. I mean, the the Giants are horrible, but the other three are like, eh. You know, they, they'll win sometimes, though other times they'll lose. I mean, they're just kind of, eh. I mean, that's, that's the only way I can describe them. So, I mean, coming going into, like, the playoffs, if for whatever reason, because maybe Philly does happen to play Carolina in the playoffs, if they do happen to snag their division title, I mean, I would put everything on Carolina to win that game in the playoffs. No, absolutely. You yeah. know, the game was close in the regular season, but... I don't they, know. I wouldn't put a lot. Too. Yeah, I and wouldn't put a lot on it. And I mean, the other the other half of this argument is the fact that he said that the Eagles will make the playoffs and the Panthers won it. And in my mind, the Panthers right now are probably in a better spot. I would have I would have considered the bet if he said that the Panthers wouldn't be like the two seed because they probably have they probably have a worse chance of not getting the two seed than they do of not making the playoffs. I would I would agree with that. 
I just don't understand where he sees Carolina suddenly falling apart. Right. I mean, they look like a very di- – this is coming from me. and I mean, I, knew, I know I love to just antagonize you guys with Panther stuff. But, I mean, they're a very dynamic football team at this point. In the NFC. They're a, a team to be reckoned with in the NFC. Well, yeah, and they're a dynamic team. And, like, we've talked about Lucas. Like, their schedule coming up, like, they they're easily can get to 10 wins at minimum because they play, like, the Colts and they play the Browns. I mean, that's two wins right there. There's eight hope. and eight. The yeah, Lions, right? At worst. The Lions. That's nine, nine and Seahawks seven. Seahawks at home. That's a tough game, but since it's at home, I like Carolina. Give him well. ten. Yeah. Give him ten with that. Right. Yeah. So I and, and you know this Thursday game will be very important too. So we'll Oof. be watching that. But this is it, gonna be a good one. Yeah. It, it's got. It's oh, it's gonna probably be the best Thursday game we've seen. Yeah. Um. Other than last year's Ram or two years two years ago, last year's Rams game, whatever it was, uh, when they like they blew the doors off. Case Keenum was the quarterback. That was wild. Do you guys remember that one? Oh my gosh! I'm it was lost. like it was the it was the 49ers and Rams, and that was when they were both awful. So it must have been two years ago, and the score was like forty nine to like thirty or like forty seven to like thirty nine. It was insane. It was crazy. And both offenses like that was their highest offensive offensive output the entire year. That was one of the best games I've ever seen. But of course, one two of the worst teams you've ever seen as well. So I thought the Vikings Rams Thursday night game from this year was one of the best Thursday night. Games oh yeah, I've seen. that's a good we one as well. Yeah. We're going to jump onto the Patriots. I mean, we kind of got off track a little bit. Oh, yeah, we're going to jump on the Patriots. Oh, yeah. No, I yeah. mean, we can do whatever. <laughs> yeah, these guys think they're going to try and conspire against <laughs> me, but I'll go ahead and tell them how it is. Yeah, you get it. Patriots coming off a 31-17 victory over Green Bay. A little bit of goat-on-goat action where everyone knows who the real <laughs> champion is, comes out on top. Uh, so you can keep laughing. But the Patriots now 6-2. and two. Rodgers is the most talented quarterback. I mean, I did. He's easily, and Brady admits it, too. I mean, I wouldn't deny that. He's more talented. He's yeah. just not a better quarterback. When it comes down no, to I don't it, know about that. Well, you can hold up your one Super Bowl championship. I'll hold up five. I have no Super Bowl championships, but thank yeah, you we for know. letting me out. Yeah, we I know. appreciate that. We're talking about Rodgers, but <laughs> you can hold up your zero for Carolina <laughs> All right. as well. Okay. Low, but, you, low. Know, you know, I let you on the show one time. You come <laughs> in here and try and attack me. Anyway, all right. Brady throws for 294, one touchdown, no picks. It was a pretty classic Patriot game. Rodgers... The, my stat line that I wanted to say was Rodgers comes in and throws for 17 yards in the fourth quarter. I wouldn't say it's necessarily crumbling under the pressure. I would say it's more of Bill Belichick's game plan going against him. Stephon Gilmore, who I've been raving about all year, finally getting the money out of him, continues his great season holding Devontae Adams to 40 yards receiving. That was something I would hope that he'd be able to do if you're going to pay him that five-year, $65 million contract. Uh, player of the game for me, Josh Gordon, something I am so excited to see. Josh Gordon, 130 yards, one touchdown, including a 55-yard receiving touchdown. The Patriots continue to keep on their march with one game behind Kansas City. I think it's it's going to come down to it in the AFC. Steeler, the P- Pittsburgh should be able to, to hang around. The Chargers are a team that people aren't really talking about who I think are very talented and very realistic Super Bowl contenders. But at the end of the day, looks like it's going to be a – KC New England matchup in the AFC Championship. Yeah, you know, I am going to take, I'm going to make a very bold statement. Oh, about boy. oh this is going to be a segment of bold statements. About the Love Patriots. So, it's not when Tom Brady retires, this Patriots team will fall off the cliff. It's when Bill Belichick retires. I'm a firm believer that Bill Belichick is more important than Tom Brady. Don't get me wrong. Tom Brady is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. But I am a firm believer that Bill Belichick has more of a hand. And I also think if Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady were to switch places, I think Aaron Rodgers would be way better than Tom Brady. My only thing is Bill Belichick never won without Tom Brady. And if you bring up 2008 where they went 11-5 and five with Matt Castle. The year before, they didn't lose a game until the Super Bowl. So, I mean, that talented was there, that roster was unbelievably talented. Yeah, that roster was that talented because Belichick was there. He assembles that roster. He also uh, wanted to get rid of Tom Brady. 
I mean, first of all, if we're going to talk about that, I was a fan of that. Jimmy Garoppolo was the future. Tom Brady is now 41, and Bill firmly believed that Jimmy was going to be the person to take over this team, and I was okay with that because I thought Jimmy had already shown that he knows the offense well yeah, and he, fit, he fits with this scheme. So, I mean, as a true Patriot fan, if you say you should have stuck with Tom, you're not looking towards the future. You're, you want this fairy tale to end the way you want it to. And that's not something I wanted. I wanted the Patriots to be good for another 10 years because I think they could have with Jimmy. So... Granted, you can say what you want. You can say they would have been better with Aaron Rodgers. We'll never know. When it comes down to it, Tom Brady has proven up to this point that he is what I would believe the most, or not necessarily the most talented, but he's the best quarterback to ever play up to this point. I don't, I don't know who – I mean, you can say Montana. You can say, I mean, Rodgers more talented. I would even agree with Isn't that. Isn't it interesting, though, that like these great quarterbacks that we talk about, they're like – they're system guys. They're not the most talented. Like Brady, Brady's Brady's system in New England is fantastic for him because that system is garnered especially for him, and he plays it beautifully. He plays it like a violin. I mean, he is he's the only quarterback who could play in that system. It's the Tom Brady system. He's mastered what Bill Belichick has wanted him to do, exactly, and that's why yeah. everything has become so great for that team. And but like Joe Montana, like you said, Joe Montana is a West Coast offense system quarterback, yeah. and he's won four Super Bowls doing it. Yeah. I mean, you can't argue the fact that he is one of the most clutch quarterbacks of all time. And you can say the same thing about Brady. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with saying that system quarterbacks can't win but there's a difference between saying that Alex Smith and Tom Brady are the same quarterback yeah because we know what Alex Smith's system is exactly it's a dump down I mean I mean Alex Smith can run a little bit I'll, I'll give that to him but I mean he's a game manager right. he's good he's good for about 150 to 230 240 yards a game last year it's kind of an outlier you know where he was randomly throwing for 400 yards a game but I mean right you know you know what Alex Smith is going to do and at this point you know what Tom Brady's going to do you knew what Joe, what Joe Montana was going to do you know what they're going to do coming into each and every game because that's what they're best at so i mean don't make them do anything they're not capable of right all right lucas i got a question for you okay what do you think the uh what do you think the patriots uh what do you think where do you think they're going to end up this year uh playoffs 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 for sure probably we can probably assume they'll make playoffs right right? now i like the chiefs like the chiefs what do do you think like what round playoffs do you think we're getting to i'd say divisional or afc championship divisional or afc What what about you well I think it's going to come down to where the Patriots end up standing in the picture. If they're the one seed, they already beat Kansas City once at home, and they would do it again. Now, if New England has to go to Kansas City, now, now I get a little nervous. I don't like that game. But, I mean, other than that, if New England gets the two, they'll beat Pittsburgh in New England like they normally do. The Chargers kind of freak me out a little bit. I, I keep telling everyone the Chargers are better than everyone gives them credit for, but I would say AFC Championship – Super Bowl maybe depend depends on where they're at. I mean, if to me, if you're looking at the New England Patriots, there are two years you need to look at to know everything you need to know about this year. Right now, they're stat-wise, very in line with two seasons, significant seasons that you need to keep a hold of. And Kata, I hope you're ready. Hold on to your butts because it's about to get wild. So, New England Patriots this year, t- 2018, team stats, 250, 270 points for, 220, 202 points against so far throughout the year. Pretty good numbers, 5.8 yards of play, uh, 602 plays. The offense is doing pretty well. They're not giving up the ball too much. That sounds pretty good. Tom Brady, 17 of 7, or 17 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. Now, if we look at two other years, I'm going to see if you can figure this out. These are final stats for the full season. 37 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. One of Tom Brady's better years. 518 points for, 313 points against. Team finished 14 and 2. Can you name the year? I know it sounds like a typical New England year, but can you name the year? 
It was the year they lost to the Jets in the first round. Oh, he knows. He knows. Divisional round. Jets team. Okay, I'll give you one more year. I'll give you another year. So, uh, 465 points. They lost points to Baltimore four. in the divisional round. Is that the other one you're nope, that No, 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 nope, not this one. Nope. Okay. So, three, okay. 465 yards, 315, uh, or 465 points, rather, four, and then gave up 315 yards. Tom Brady, 36 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Can you name the year? Give me the stat line again. Uh, what, was, what was the record? Uh, f- uh, thirteen and three, fourteen and two, something like that. Yeah, fourteen and two. No, uh, sorry, twelve and four. My bad. Twelve right and four. Twelve and four. They go twelve and four a lot. Two uh, overtime losses that year. Maybe that'll help. Two overtime losses. Did they lose to San Francisco in overtime? Nope. They or did they lose to San Francisco in overtime? Uh, no, they did not. Okay. Uh, let's go with. 2013? Nope. 2015, the year 2015. they lost to Denver in the AFC Championship game. So oh, these God. these two years, very, very similar stat lines. And the only reason I bring that up, if you look at the losses that they had, losses where they started off the season 10-0, and lost to Denver at Denver in overtime to a great defensive team, one of the best of all time. Can't take it away from them. Can't, can't really argue that. But 2010, Week 2 lost against the New York Jets, a very good defensive team at the time. Team went to the they AFC also lost to the Cleveland Browns at that time, which had an underrated defense, a top 15 defense was, of that, was that year. Was that when Josh Gordon went like ridiculous and yes. just destroyed the Patriots secondary by himself? I remember that game. They also lost the year that they lost to the Broncos. They lost back-to-back games to Philadelphia, as well as the following year they lost to Seattle in Seattle, which was the big talk game. The Richard, from Richard, Richard Sherman, Sherman coming game. out part. Exactly. This year looks no different to me. If you look at their roster and you look at the stat line and you look at their season, they've lost a game to the Jacksonville Jaguars, which is a very talented defensive team, and they play. They were playing tremendously well those first three weeks. Now, they also lost at Detroit. You can blame that against Matt Patricia, former, head co- or former uh, defense coordinator, probably knew the system better than a lot of other people do. He can figure that out. But They've lost to teams that tremendously usually have an underrated offense and have a pretty spectacular, if not all-time defense. Tell me that doesn't sound like the Baltimore Ravens this year. That doesn't sound like the Houston Texans this year. That doesn't sound like... Well, they already beat the Texans. They already beat the Texans, but like we said at the top of the show, that was week one. That is week one. It's a long time. But I, I, that defense is not good enough to stop Tom Brady, and it never will be. Baltimore, at but this it's point, talented enough. It, it is talented enough. So you're saying Jacksonville's defense isn't good enough to beat Tom Brady because they already have, and they were they were talented. Yeah, they're they're talented. My thing is though that that game meant everything at Jacksonville. I mean, that was a team that beat you in the AFC Championship game. It was in Jacksonville. I kind of thought, and New England's bad in September, as it is. They always have been. So, and Baltimore, in my personal opinion, not going to make the playoffs at this point. They're falling apart. I mean, and Baltimore, regardless, if they did, that's a team that always gives New England troubles in the playoffs. Thank they always Cam have. Newton for that. Yeah. yeah. You're welcome. Thanks, Cam. But, I mean, the, Baltimore, who a lot of people thought was a dark horse pick up to this point, they're kind of falling off a little bit. Pittsburgh kind of beat them up a little bit. But looking at the other defenses in the AFC, I'm not, not, that, not necessarily that worried. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying that, you know, if you are uh, ready for an early January there, Cade, I told you back here in uh, November – you know, whatever day it is, 6th, 7th, the 8th, yeah. I, I was off, but November 8th, mark your words and mark your calendar because yeah. you're, you're going to be ready. You're going to be sitting at home, back in the chapter house. You're just going to be hanging out. We'll watch the games with you. Don't worry. It'll be fine. But uh, your Patriots aren't going to be playing all the way into the Super Bowl, I hope you know. Yeah, well, neither are you guys, so I guess we'll watch the oof, games together. Oof, All right, low We're going to take blow. a break, but when we come back, we're going to break down some power rankings. Don't go anywhere. You'll see in the slot on 91.1 KLPR.
on the pimp gang with my pinky ring. Lot of gang, lot of bitches in the icy chain. While you claim that you rich, that's a false claim. I be straight to the whip, no baggage claim. Whole lot of styles, can't even pronounce the name. You ain't got no style, see you on my Instagram. I be rocking it like it's fresh out the pan. Only when I'm taking pics, I'm the middle man. Walk, talking like a boss, I just lift a hand. Three million cash, call me Rain Man. Money like a shower, that's my rain dance. And we all in black, like it's gangland. Say the wrong words, you be hangman. Why me stick to your b- like a spray tan? Uh, Mr. What kind of car you in? In the city, love my name. Gotta say, she can get a taste. She can get a taste. What did say? It's all the same like Mary Kate. She can get a taste. Let you get a taste. Do you love the taste? Yeah, that's cool, but he ain't like me. A lot of girls like me, like wanna fight me. Get your, get your check like check Nike. Me not icy, that's unlikely. And she gon' me like a like a icy. Uh, chains on the neck for the whole team. And I feel like Gucci with the ice cream. And my bitch with the Fenty, not the Maybelline. I'm the black JB, the way these bitch green. Make this bitch green. <laughs> Pretty little thing. Like my A-E Say Yada da da mean She can get a taste She can get a taste What a nigga say It's all the same like Mary Kate She can get a taste Let you get a taste Do you love the taste? Yeah, that's cool yeah, I'ma put the drip on the plate. Yeah, diamond ice glaze, imitate. Hey, hey, feed me grapes, maybe with the Drake. Slow pace in the rave, got this from base. Diamonds at the park, the kick it hitting hard. The robbers in park, I'm at it on Mars. Shotgun shells, we gon' always hit the tar. Popcorn bitch shell popping out the car. 3400 Northside, Char Bark. Get on top of me and rob me like a heart. She wanna keep me company and never want to bar me. Yeah, fish tail in the parking lot. I don't kick it with these, with these cause they talk about you. Yeah, and I got the fight, don't make me spark it at you. Yeah, keep it in my back pocket like it's a wallet. Got the way she suck it, suck it like a jelly. Stack it up and put up with the whole project. And she got that paddock on water moccasin. I'm rich in real life, I get that profit copy. She can get a taste. Let you get a taste. Do you love the taste? Yeah, that's cool, but he ain't like me. LA, you can get a taste. Miami, you can get a taste. Oakland, you can get a taste. New York, do you love the taste? Shot Town, you can get a taste. Houston, you can get a taste. Portland, you can get a taste. Overseas, let the meat taste. She can get a taste. She can get a taste. Welcome back to In the Slot. I'm your host, Cade Cox, with my co-host, Lucas Bullbosch, and guest star, Lucas Bullbosch. Sorry about that, Louie. <laughs> and special guest, Austin Jacobson. We have some great power rankings planned for you guys today. So, Lucas, we're going to start from 10, make our way to 1. Who do we have at 10 this week? The Cincinnati Bengals. They are coming off their bye week, but... 
most teams have an okay bye week trying to heal up and get those injuries figured out. But the Bengals did not have a good bye week. They learned that A.J. Green will be missing the next two games with a foot injury. Could have been worse as he could have opted to have surgery and miss the rest of the year. So Tyler Boyd will fill the number one wide receiver role for the Bengals this week. That's a big loss. Yes, that's, that's, a, that's a huge loss. Especially this week playing the Saints, which is a pretty big game for them if they want to keep their playoff hopes alive. Right. And just really quickly, too, A.J. Green, one of the more underrated receivers of our generation, honestly. He's like, having he, a great year. Yeah, and he, he always Career has year. a great year. Yeah. Career year. He always has a great year and you never hear about him just because it's the small market in Cincinnati generally not a playoff team or on the cusp and he's always a driving force in the receiving when Carolina had the number one pick back in 2011 the second player on their board was AJ Green over Julio Jones so they actually considered taking AJ Green at number one I mean I think it would have went well either way oh yeah you you would have been fine you would have been locked in a receiver for 15 years or you got your quarterback the future so Moving on to number nine, not going to have too much to say. We have the Houston Texans coming in at number nine. We talked about them a lot earlier. Deshaun Watson has the team clicking. Bill O'Brien has kind of figured this team out. They're on a six-game winning streak on perfect track to win the AFC South. And like I said, could make a good run in the playoffs. Yeah, but we're just, gonna... yeah just watch out for Andrew Luck. You never know. He could throw a wrench in some I love some Andrew plans. Luck. You know, that's the thing. The neckbeard always gets it. You never, you never know when it's going to come back and bite you. Right, Cade? <laughs> right. Don't find my neckbeard. <laughs> Moving on to number eight, Lucas, who do we have? The Minnesota Vikings, they are 5-3-1, and one, and they're starting to finally play like they did last season. Their defense is playing exponentially better, as they did the start of the year. Everson Griffin coming back, I think, has helped their pass rush exponentially. Going out and getting Kirk Cousins was a must for this offense, paying him the $84 million guaranteed. But Adam Thielen this year has been the surprise of the year as he's taken the jump from great wide receiver to good wide receiver to great wide receiver, and that's very encouraging to see for Vikings fans. I don't know if you put Thielen in any top fives, but I would definitely argue that Thielen's, Thielen's up there. I mean, you could you could make that argument up, up at this time right now. Just call him Thielen. Yeah, I'm Thielen. Thielen? Thielen. Now it's Thielen. All right, well, <laughs> we're not going to debate that, but Adam Thielen's been a great receiver this year. Thielen. All right. Moving <laughs> <laughs> on to number seven. We got the Pittsburgh Steelers, and pretty much what I've noted is no Le'Veon, no problem. James Conner's been more than successful this year, and he's been a great replacement. So, I mean, the Steelers are clicking at the moment, coming off a big win over Baltimore, in which they ne- didn't necessarily struggle at all. So that's very encouraging for all Steelers fans. And they have the second-best run defense in the NFL at this point. And, and that's ha- surprising. Yeah, and they have a great pass rush. So, I mean secondary is a little iffy you can still throw on Pittsburgh but if you can rush the port- rush the quarterback you can do about anything well and you wonder if part of the fact that the rushing defense is so good is because they've had to be in some shootouts you know you have to you have to maintain the points with another team so sometimes teams are just going to elect to rather throw the ball than keep the game close and try to run or try to run the ball and keep it keep the time of possession a little lower for the the Steelers or against the Steelers rather Moving on to number six in our power rankings, we have the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers are six and two, but they could easily be seven and one or eight and now, as they've lost both games by a combined thirteen points. I really still think, as I mentioned earlier, they're riding the momentum from that come from behind win in Philly a few weeks ago. This week they have a big test against the Steelers, and I think we're going to find out a lot about this team this week. I'd say about both teams. Oh yeah, it looks like your power rankings are going to change significantly, at least in that middle tier. Uh, 
for next week. I'll be interested to like listen and see what you guys have to say about that. But of course, the game tonight is going to be huge because if the Panthers win the game, they're going to ride that momentum all the way through. And there might not be another team that when they get hot, they're harder to beat than the Carolina Panthers traditionally. I'd the, agree with the that. past like five six years. But also the Steelers, if they have an offensive showing today, it could either put the Panthers back quite a few games and they could just fall off the map completely, or it could ride the Steelers all the way up to you know potentially they're going to win the AFC North more than likely. But who knows how long they're going to ride that wave? And if Le'Veon comes back, that it's going to be the biggest storyline to watch. One thing to know that's very similar: the NFC South and the AFC North both have three teams that could easily make the playoffs. Oh, Actually, yeah. yeah, don't sleep on the Falcons because the Falcons are they can come up real quick, and I think they're getting better as the weeks go on. Yeah, they kind of have that Green Bay Aaron Rodgers feel every single year, where it's just like, oh yeah, well, it looks like they're out of the playoffs this year, and then all of, out of nowhere, Matt Ryan's just going to hit hot and throw for two thousand yards. Yeah, in it's, eight it's games. like oh, they're ten and six, right? Well, when yeah, that, when that happens, exactly. Moving on to number five, I have my dark horse for the year, the Los, Los Angeles, Angeles Los Angeles Chargers. <coughs> Most underrated team in the league, personally, at this point. They're good, but people don't necessarily give them the credit they deserve. Well, they have no market. Yeah. They, I mean, I mean, when they play L- in a soccer stadium. Well, when LA, when the LA Rams are taking up your entire market share and everyone's talking about the other LA team, how are you supposed to get any, any love? And especially their defense is incredible. They're getting no love for having their best defensive player out for the, you know, majority of the season so far. They're legitimate Super Bowl contenders, and I don't want anyone to take that away from them. They have great offensive personnel right now, looking at, you know, Tyrell Williams, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Melvin Gordon. That'll, that'll win you games. And Phillip Rivers is having an MVP caliber year. He's not. He doesn't have the turnover issues like he's had in years past. So yeah, playing with like you said, playing without Joey Bosa, and when he comes back, then you get a top five pass rusher. So. And it'll be interesting to see too, because when they make the playoffs, if they have to go to a cold weather game, that's going to be tough for them. They're not. They do not play well. Philip Rivers does usually play pretty well, but who knows how every all the other players are going to adjust to that? Yeah, if you end up in a you know a snowy Kansas City or right. Pittsburgh, New England. That's where teams start to get dicey is when you get up in these cold weather games. So, And well, see, that's the other thing, too, about the Chargers, and I'll just say this really briefly, too, is that if they have a home game, people traveling to Los Angeles traditionally like haven't played too well for away teams. Home teams uh, play really well in California because you're usually having a flight of more than two and a half hours. It's a bigger transition, whereas when the Chargers travel, they do pretty well for a team that usually travels all the way to the East Coast. They've played pretty well in New England traditionally. Oh, they always do. They always give New England fits. Them and Baltimore are the two right. teams that always will come to New England and never really play that bad. So Well, it's great to see for Phillip Rivers because the past couple of years they did not surround him with any offensive personnel to, for him to succeed. And Phillip Rivers having a hall, is a Hall of Fame quarterback in my eyes. I think he is too. And Mike Williams finally coming into his own. Yeah, which had a t- He had what? Two, did he have two touchdowns last week or only one? No, Tyrell had two. He had one. Right. All my stats are off today. You know, yeah, you know. It is what it is. Yeah, you're a guess. It's okay. <laughs> moving on to number four in our power rankings, we have the LA Rams. Uh, moving in on number four after spending the rest of the year at number one. They were 8-1 and one after suffering their first loss of the season, in which was a very good game against the Saints, in which they lost 45-35. to 35. They had a very few... Uh, they had a few questionable calls that I would have made differently if I was Sean McVay. Uh, the fake field goal? The fake field goal. Uh, after yeah, you uh, get a turnover deep in New Orleans territory. That's who they are, though. You know? They're willing to take those chances. I mean, they went for it on fourth and one at, like, their, what, 45-yard line against Seattle? They were, they, they were prepared. They're going into every game prepared to win. They're not going to leave it up to chance by any means. They'll, they'll put the game in their own hands. They left nine points on the board with that, and they also missed two field goals, so... That could have been a totally different game, but nonetheless, they're still a great team. But they're down to four? Come on, you guys. They lost one game. I would put, I like the three teams above them more. I don't know about that. You're going you're gonna to put the Chiefs with their defense above the Rams? I think the Rams' defense is bad, too. 
Okay, Marcus Peters is bad. But they don't rest the passer very well either. Okay. I think no, and you know, we'll see it in a few weeks when these right. two teams play in Mexico. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. I, I dig it. All right. You convinced me. All right. L- little by little. All right. Going on to number three, we have the Kansas City Chiefs. Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid, pretty much the duo of the Pat NFL. Re- <laughs> Cookie Monster himself. <laughs> Defense has been a rough spot, but I mean they've been they've been a little better lately. When Eric Berry comes back, I think that'll solve some issues I still think they're going to be pretty bad it's still going to be their Achilles heel of the team Kareem Hunt's been a mega star lately he's just been controlling everything he's good for about a two touchdowns a week at this point right. in sole possession of the AFC at this point but all it takes is one loss and they have the they have the tiebreaker to New England so they're going to have to keep it going if they want to uh, control the playoffs in Kansas City which I think they absolutely want to do because playing Kansas City as opposed to playing in New England might be the trip to the Super Bowl. Oh, decider. absolutely. And if you look at it too just like I was saying with the Los Angeles Chargers that you're going to have troubles traveling to Kansas City. I mean, traditionally that's going to be a tough way to get in flights. I know I'm talking a lot of logistics and stuff, but that that's part of the NFL. You have to be able to play anywhere and sometimes traveling to these smaller venues or smaller cities like Kansas City, kind of tough to go and especially Kansas City, it's going to be snowing, it's going to be loud. Loud. loud and a stadium in the NFL. Loud, and, loud. And when you play them, it's going to be physical because they're just going to run Kareem Hunt down your throat during December. He's been so good lately. I mean, did you see some of his highlights from last week? Well, and that's the other thing too is that like he's been he's been tremendously good, but he continues to get overshadowed and even Tyreek is getting overshadowed. It's like it's Pat Mahomes and everyone else, and that's that's traditionally like that's how it's going to be. Mm-hmm. But it's it's just so interesting to see how the Chiefs just play this dynamic of they have you know three or four all stars and they're almost top of their positions across the board in the NFL, and they play tremendously. Well. And that's why I wanted to bring him up is because you know if Todd Gurley goes for three touchdowns, Am Kamara goes for th- three touchdowns, everyone knows. But Kareem Hunt went for three touchdowns, and it's kind of like. Oh, right. yeah. oh, yeah, he did that, too. Right. I just wanted to give him the love he deserves because, I mean, he led the league in rushing last year, and, I mean, he's having a great year this year. It wasn't a, you know, a one-year wonder type player. So yeah, Kareem, Kareem Hunt got Alex Smith, so, you know, it happens. <laughs> what, what can you do? It's, it's also very scary when your fourth uh, best offensive weapon is Sammy Watkins, who was a former fourth overall pick. And he's going off. for. I mean, he's had quiet year or quiet uh, games so far this year. And then, Are you saying it? Travis Kelsey is the fifth? I'm saying he's the Third or second? Are, wow. Are you are, okay? So you're going. Yeah. How are you? Are you saying Pat Mahomes is first? Are you? No, no, you're no, just, no, you're not counting. You're not counting. Okay. Okay. That I was going to go. I, I was. I was trying to do the math right there. I was, I was like, confused. something doesn't make sense. <laughs> I was going to go with Kareem Hunt one. Okay. I was going to go Tyree Kill two. I'd probably tie him one A one B. And then Travis Kelsey. Kelsey okay. Watkins. And then Watkins. And then Conley. Oh gosh. No. Oh, oh Conley. <laughs> so moving on to number two in our uh, power rankings, I have the New England Patriots. They beat the Packers 31-17. to Very impressive defensive showing by only allowing Rodgers 17 points, which is a tough task in itself. Not much to say on the Pats. They're the same old. Struggle in the first, uh, first month of the year and then bounce back after that. Josh Gordon, though, might be the difference maker of this team. He had his best game as a New England Patriot last week. And that's my thing is that people can – I don't know why anyone would have an issue with the move. You gave up a fifth-round pick for someone with so much potential. I mean, you did the same thing with Randy Moss, and that worked out just fine. They gave up the fewest or the least highest pick out of all the wide receivers moved at the deadline. And they probably got the best, most talented wide receiver out of all Most of potential, for no, sure. Right. No question. And, uh, and if you look – I mean, for me, when you look at the draft, you always like think, oh, well, you could pick up this certain player, this certain player, but a fifth round pick. I mean, that's that's like fish in a barrel. You tell me point. you're going to find someone better than Josh Gordon, right? And you're not going to find. 
find someone as talented as Josh Gordon in the fifth. I think that's exactly what Bill Belichick was thinking making this decision is because you're not going to find an athlete that is at the same level and the youth, too, in Josh Gordon. I mean, he is not that old. What is he, 24, 25? Uh, he's really he, – he's not up there in age by any means. He's got his prime still in front of him. Yeah, and I mean, I think Bill Belichick's got his head on straight a little bit right now. So, I mean, if you can turn Josh Gordon into the person that I think people are people have always thought he can be – I think it's going to be a huge difference maker. I mean, I would I would extend him. Right. I would give him the. He's twenty seven oh, sure. right now. Twenty seven. So I mean, still you got four years of prime left in him, and oh, the yeah. way the way that he is. I mean, my, if Mike Wallace is still in the league and can only run fly routes, Josh Gordon will be playing in this league until he's thirty three. You know, it's really great to see because he's finally in a place with some stability. Right. You know, even though in Cleveland they gave him all the help he needed, deservedly so. I just feel that was the worst place for him to be. He was in the least stable organization. If it didn't work for Johnny Menzel, it can't work for anyone. It's a proven fact. So I'm happy for Josh Gordon. He's been playing great this year. And we're going to round out the power rankings with number one, New Orleans Saints, dethroning the previous number one, Los Angeles Rams. And they did it in a very impressive way. Drew Brees has been nothing less than amazing this year so far. The secondary is their Achilles heel. But, I mean, with the best rush defense in the NFL, I think that's something that can hold them at bay for a bit. Michael Thomas has been an absolute superstar so far this year. Alvin Kamara has been everything everyone thought he was going to be. You bring in Des Bryant. We'll talk about that later. We'll yeah, see. Over, we'll overhyped. Overhyped number two receiver. But... I'll be gone by then, so I'll let you guys handle still, it. Still can be a difference maker in, in the offense. I mean, if he doesn't play well, he doesn't play well. But we'll discuss Des Bryant yeah. later in the show. They need to get a pass rush. If, if they And they have the talent there. They have the talent to be able to get a, a general pass rush going. And granted, they've played a lot of good offensive lines so far this year. Oh, best offensive line in football. Oh, and I mean, the, the thing is, though, is that it, it's just so tough. It, it's tough to, to generate a pass rush when teams are now – getting into the offensive rhythm more quickly to throw the ball a little faster to fast receivers. But you got to be able to get, you know, a gap pressure right out the face of quarterbacks. They did pretty good against golf last week. That's kind of his Achilles heel. They do have the best run defense in the league, which that is, is true. very yeah. surprising. Well, I think, I mean, if you go against running backs every single week in marking room and Alvin Kamara in practice, you better be pretty good at stopping the run or you'd hope so, or else those practice sessions are going to be pretty long. So with that being said, we're going to take a break. Thank you, Austin Jacobson, for coming oh, yeah. to be a great guest on our show. We hope to have you again soon. Oh, yeah, anytime. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to jump right into the point after where we discuss Dead to the Saints and where Le'Veon Bell is currently at. We're going to uh, – you're listening in the slot on 91.1 KLPR. What was that? I don't really 
He trying to 69 like Takashi, call him Papi, worth the ASAP, keep me rocky. I'm from New York, so I'm cocky. Say he with my posse, caught me Chloe like Kardashian. Keep this in Versace, said I'm pretty like Tanashi. Put it all up in his face, did I catch a case? Gain just caught a body, but I never leave a trace. Face is pretty after days, I get chips, I ask for lace. I just sit back and when he done, I be like, yo, how to taste? Yo, how to taste? I don't really want no friend. I don't really want no friend. Hey, yo, Draco got that kickback. When they kick back, you can't get your shit back. In fact, it's that bit that I hate small talk. I don't fuck with your chat. AC just stopped working, so they hit me. Told me, bring my wrist back. I'm through rocking fashions that got all these bitches. Like, yo, what's that? I don't really want no friends, no Eeny, meeny, money, more. I catch her right by her toe If she ain't me and Nikki Kick that right through the door I don't really want no friends My old just bought this Benz Nikki just hopped in the street Man, I won't see that bitch again Eeny, meeny, money, more. I catch her right by her toe If she ain't me and Nikki Kick that right through the door Young money bunny, colorful hair, don't care. Welcome back to In the Slot. I'm your host, Kate Cox, with my co-host, Lucas Bulbosch. And we're going to jump right into our favorite segment, The Point After. This week, we're discussing Dez being tr- or signing with the New Orleans Saints, rather. Lucas, why don't you start us off? Yeah, so after being released by the Cowboys in April, the Saints have decided to bring in Dez Bryant for the final eight games. The contract deals just got released. It's about a total contract value of about... $1.2 million with about 600000 guaranteed. So personally for the Saints, I love this move. It says that they have a stable organization, and they think they have the chance of winning a Super Bowl. You know, they traded for Eli Apple and then now signing Des Bryant. I love the move to take some pressure off Michael Thomas. New Orleans is looking at this team right now as we can win now. Like, a Super Bowl is very realistic for us, so we're going to try and do what we can to win now. And I also love the move because I see it as a, what do we have to lose type of move. If he comes in and is a great compliment to Michael Thomas, you've won it. You've won this move so well. So, I mean, this is a no-nonsense type of locker room, and Dez is going to figure this out real quick. This team does not revolve around him. You are about the... 15th most important person on this team probably lower than that i'm just giving a ballpark number so i mean and i think sean payton is really expressing that to him is that you have a you have a real shot at winning a super bowl right now like this is probably the best this is by far the best chance you've ever had well this is the best uh running back and wide receivers drew Brees has ever played with in his career absolutely and uh des gets a veteran presence in the locker room with drew Brees, and i think drew Brees is going to be a great mentor to des and they get the cowboys real soon so i mean that's going to be a great game i cannot wait for that that's gonna be, that's one of my favorite Thanksgiving games. I cannot wait for the Saints. I mean the Cowboys. The Saints are ten times better than the Cowboys, so no question that they're going to win that game. I'd but, force feed him too. I'd get. I'd do everything I can to get him a touchdown. Yeah, I want to see him getting a touchdown in Dallas. So that's going to be great to see. Stand on the star, maybe. Little T.O. That'd be great to see. Oh, it'd be fantastic. 
we're going to jump right into our second point after topic of the day, which we called Saved by the Bell, which I don't know if Pittsburgh is going to be saved by Le'Veon or not. But Le'Veon tweeted the other day saying that he saying farewell Miami, which where he was training all offseason and all the way up into the season to where, you know, he's not in Pittsburgh. So now, if he does come back, if you're Mike Tomlin, what do you do? I think you don't make him the starter right away. As, I wouldn't either. As he uh, has missed the first eight games of the year, and he's publicly came out and said, I'm doing what I want. I don't really care about this team anymore. I just want to get paid. And James Conner has had just – he's had the gr- best approach you can have in this kind of situation. You know, he's he's said – Le'Veon Bell is his guy in that after every week, Le'Veon Bell texts him, which that's great to hear that. He's still texting players and stuff, but it's I'm going to be really interested to see once he gets back in that locker room because multiple players criticized him, especially the offensive line, by saying, you make more money than us combined, and we're the ones doing all the hard work for you. Yeah, I don't know if you even dare take away any stardom that James Conner has right now because James Conner has been more than productive. He has you guys winning football games, and he doesn't make mistakes. So I don't know if you're Mike Tomlin, if you want to bring him in and try and corrupt any of this. Honestly, it might be beneficial to keep him out of the locker room. I've been really thinking about that lately, is that if he comes in and just causes more issues than they already have, you know, with the whole Antonio Brown incident earlier in the year, things are okay right now, and this team is functional, and James Conner is kind of the centerpiece right now. Yeah, you know, and he tweeted Farewell Miami. Last night he tweeted another cryptic tweet. He tweeted upside down and backwards. And I don't know if that means he's going to come back to Pittsburgh just yet, as that was the narrative of tweeting farewell Miami. But he has to sign by next week, or he can't play at all this season. And then the Steelers could really make Le'Veon Bell's life miserable and sign him to the transition tag next year, which would make sure he's in Pittsburgh for at least one more season. God, that would just be the biggest screw you to Le'Veon Bell. You think you're not going to play? Well, then you're not going to play at all. It's a very interesting topic that I think everyone is excited to see, but it would be a lot easier if James Conner, ha- you know, if he hadn't been so good up to this point so far. So we are going to take a break, but it's going to be a short. When we come back, we're going to break down the Thursday game, and it's a good one. Carolina at Pittsburgh. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to In the Slot on 91.1. KLPR. This is what you call a flip. Took keys from a car to brick. Bentley from his mama whip. K.O.D. he hard to shoot. This is what you call a flip. Ten keys from a car to brick. Bentley from his mama whip. K.O.D. he hard to shoot. This is what you call a flip. Ten keys from a car to brick. Bentley from his mama whip. K.O.D. he hard to shoot. This is what you call a flip. Ten keys from a car to brick. Bentley from his mama whip. K.O.D. he hard to shoot. Wow. Zigging been cramping my style. Blowing my high, they wanna reply. The number one question is how? How does it feel now that you won? How much you worth? How big is your home? How come you won't get a few features? I think you should. How about I don't? How about you just get the fuck on my dude? How about you listen and never forget? Only go say this one time, then I'll dip. Ziggins ain't worthy to be on my shoe. Haven't you heard I'm as cold as a tip? Tip of the ice, but that tip the Titanic. Don't tiptoe around it. My shit is gigantic, as big as the fucking Atlantic. I'm lit, lit. This is what you call a flip. Ten keys from a car to brick. Bentley from him, mama whip. K.O.D., he hard. 
to shoot. This is what you call a flip. Ten keys from a car to brick. Gently from here, mama whip. K.O.D. He hard to shoot. This is what you call a flip. Ten keys from a car to brick. Gently from here, mama whip. K.O.D. He hard to shoot. This is what you call a flip. Ten keys from a car to brick. Gently from here, mama whip. K.O.D. He hard to shoot. I grew up only few of the love. My mind got my first few of the blood. I'm hanging out and they shoot up the club. My homie got pharmaceutical plug. I smoke the drug and they run through my vein. I think it's working, it's numbing the pain. Don't give a fucking on someone insane. Don't give a fucking yeah. someone insane. At this daily. So, so much activist, I convince activists that they should pay me. Your practice made perfect on practices, baby. Your practice made perfect on practices, baby. Platinum is riding in back like Miss Daisy. Platinum this and I own masses, pay me. Y'all niggas trapping so let's go Daisy. My niggas so crack like it's back in the 80s. No, y'all niggas, he acting so crazy. He serve a few pets and he jacking Mercedes, he shoot at the police, he clap at old ladies, he don't give a fuck if them crackers gon' hang him. Be asking where have you done lately? I stacked a few is like my lesson was shady. My life is too crazy, no ad to go play me. My life is too crazy, no ad to go play me. This is what you call a flip. Welcome back to In the Slot. I'm your host, Cade Cox, with my co-host, Lucas Bullbosch. And we're going to jump into our Thursday night breakdown, and it's a great game, let me tell you that. Carolina at Pittsburgh. Lucas, I know you're excited. We're going to go watch the game later tonight. But give me some stat lines that you're interested to see. I am interested to see the six and two Panthers and the five and t- five two and one Steelers. Forgot about that tie for a second, but these are two teams that right now are second in the Panthers in their division right now, trailing the Saints by one game. And the Steelers first right now. We are going to learn a lot about both teams tonight. If Carolina comes in and wins a close game. That's going to say, yeah, they're still a playoff team. It's probably going to be the same thing they are right now. But if they come in and beat the breaks off Steelers the way their offensive has been playing, they're going to have to be taken seriously as a true Super Bowl contender. And the same goes for the Pittsburgh Steelers. If the Steelers come out and just blitz the Panthers, I would say I'd put them up with uh, New England and Kansas City. I think it's going to be a really good contest. I think we're going to see Big Ben and Cam face off in one of the better Thursday games we've seen in a long time. So the two players I really want to take note of are Con- uh, James Conner and Chris McCaffrey because I think if one of them breaks out, that might be the deciding factor in the game. If James Conner goes for over 100, it's going, to be a, it's going to be huge for them. But if McCaffrey you know, is working out of the slot a lot, if he's, getting, if he's good, getting good runs in between the tackles, could be a big deciding factor of the game as well. I think time of possession is going to be huge because I think it's going to be a close one. One thing that's uh, kind of cool is this summer, Cam Newton trained with Antonio Brown almost all summer. So that was really cool to see. You know, Cam Newton actually flew to Brown's summer home in Miami to work out with him and said, don't worry about it. I'm coming to you. I want to work out with you. So I thought that was really cool. And also, he said this summer he studied Big Ben's game more than anyone's. And I actually really, I've compared Cam Newton to Big Ben in the past saying, if Cam Newton wants to play in this league for another 10 years, he's going to have to mold into a player like Big Ben. Yeah, someone who has taken a lot of hits in their career, but you're going to have to learn how to deal with that. Uh, The other part of this game I think is going to be very interesting is both teams' secondaries because, I mean, you're going to see Brown and Juju lined up with Dante Jackson and James Bradbury. That's going to be really interesting to see. Then on the other side, I don't know what weapon for the Panthers is going to break out this week. Seems like it's going to be it's someone every week. I know you got DJ Moore playing well. Curtis Samuel had a huge game last week. Devin Funchess is always someone you got to consider. Greg Olson even. So, I mean, this game is really based on offensive personnel. And I think defense is going to play a factor because both teams actually have a pretty good front seven, I would say. Secondary, would you say the secondary is the weak part of the Panthers? No, the defensive line this year. All right, so we'll go defensive line for them. Secondary, for sure, for Pittsburgh. 
So it's going to be really interesting to see. I would not be decided if this game was decided by three points or fewer. Yeah, you said the secondary. I'm actually really interested to see who they put on Antonio Brown and Juju. Me personally, I know it's a huge task, but I would put Dante Jackson on Antonio Brown. He runs a 4-3-40. He is tied for first in the league with interceptions this year with four. So I think he's going to be up for the task. Maybe have Eric Reeder, Mike Adams help him over the top as this is the one of the best receivers in the game, and he is a rookie, granted. But James Bradbury, uh, I'd put on Juju to start the game, held Mike Evans to one catch last week. So if you can shut down Juju uh, – That'd be great for those Panthers defense. Could be a decide. It could be a decider if you can shut down Juju or Antonio Brown, one or the other. But with that being said, we're going to take a break. But don't go anywhere. When we come back, we're going to do our fantasy breakdown for the week. You're listening to In the Slot on ninety-one point one KLPR. Driving solo, I'm just swerving through my hands. When I'm sober, I just don't like who I am. Pull me up before and I feel like myself again. Roll me up some dope and I feel like myself again. I'ma break every box they try to put me in. I got a lot of enemies who used to be my friends. Pull me up before and I feel like myself again. Roll me up some dope and I feel like myself again. I was sober for an hour, but I'm rolling off a bean now. The drugs, they give me confidence, I'm saying what I mean now. The Zannies help me slow up, the lean, they help me speed down. Ballin', yeah, I'm ballin', I won't hit it if she beat now. Callin', yeah, she callin', you got me on the speed down. Driving through the wrecks, I look at faces, don't see no smiles. It's grimy in the six, who can I trust, I never know now. Sprite is extra dark, now my doggy in the dog pound. They say I'm on the come up, but I've been on the calm down. See me doing good, they start to hate, that's how it goes. Now I don't know why they mad at me, I always stay ten toes down Driving through my city by myself, that's how I roll now. Driving solo, I'm just swerving through my hands When I'm sober, I just don't like who I am Pull me up before and I feel like myself again Blow me up some dope and I feel like myself again I'ma break every box they try to put me in I got a lot of enemies who used to be my friends Pull me up before and I feel like myself again Blow me up some dope and I feel like myself again I remember being a kid, my teachers told me I wouldn't be sh- Diamonds in my pinky look like water, make me seasick Never had no hustle, don't approach me on some free sh- Did this by myself, so why the f*** would I do a remix? He gave me top, don't want the f*** till he can keep it Money and the power, f*** respect cause I don't need it Driving to the west, I popped the bean and now I'm speeding Know some people in the six that diss me for no reason Sending shots, they sending shots on road, I never see them Taking L's, they taking L's, I never wanna be them Got you beside me, she just asked me where the bean is Put a number in my phone and you know how to lead Driving solo, I'm just swerving through my hands When I'm sober, I just don't like who I am Pull me up before and I feel like myself again Roll me up some dope and I feel like myself again I'ma break every box they try to put me in I got a lot of enemies who used to be my friends Pull me up before and I feel like myself again Blow me up some dope and I feel like myself again Pull me up before and I feel like myself again 
Welcome back to In the Slot. I'm your host, Cade Cox, with my co-host, Lucas Bullbosch, and we're going to go right into our fantasy breakdown for the week. So, Lucas, who's your first player that you have with a favorable matchup? I like Jimmy Graham this week, uh, tight end for the Packers. He had 13 points last week against the Patriots, and this week he plays the Dolphins, who are giving the 12th most fantasy points to tight ends this year. So I really like Jimmy Graham this week. Uh, in recent weeks, Aaron Rodgers has been looking for Graham more and more in the red zone, so expect Graham to maybe hopefully get in the end zone this week. I'll, you know, I'll stick with the Packers a little bit. I have Devontae Adams as my first player last week. Not a horrible week, 40-yard receiving, but he did have a touchdown to kind of balance that out a little bit. But this week they play the Miami Dolphins, and I think Adams is in prime position to have a huge game. I don't like Miami secondary very much, and this is such a must-win game for the Green Bay Packers. I think throwing the ball may be their main form of trying to score points. So Devontae Adams has my number one. Number two, I really like Duke Johnson this week. Duke Johnson this week running back for the Cleveland Browns he had his best performance of the year last week by having 25 points against the worst ranked defense in the Chiefs he plays the Falcons this week who have the fourth fourth worst defense so I really expect Duke Johnson to be involved in the pass game especially and maybe steal a few carries from Nick Chubb but I feel like whenever the Browns are successful Duke Johnson always has a good game yeah last week and you know Coaching change, Greg Little comes in, kind of uh, sparks Duke Johnson a little bit after they said they were going to try and use him more. So, yeah, I like that pick a lot. Him and Nick Chubb could be a nice little duo. My second player I have is old reliable Adrian Peterson. Gets a very favorable matchup against the Buccaneers right now, and I think there could be a lot of points scored in this game. So, goal line carries should be coming to Adrian Peterson because I don't think the Redskins will struggle to move the ball at all. So, if this game gets very high scoring, I think Adrian Peterson is going to have a – he's going to be a big part of it. So, Plug-in or reliable, once again. I love that he's having a bit of a comeback season this year. My third player this week is running back Deion Lewis for the Tennessee Titans. He's had back-to-back weeks of scoring 20 and 18 points, and Lewis is one of the hottest fantasy running backs in the NFL this season. And I would continue to ride his hot streak. He uh, also has a revenge game this week against the Patriots, so look out for him to have a sneaky good game. Moving on to my third player, I have Jordan Howard. Resuming the bulk of the carries after, for a little bit, everyone said Tariq Cohen was going to take over the starting spot in that backfield. I didn't believe that, and we're seeing it now. Jordan Howard had a good game last week. Now he plays the horrible run defense of the Detroit Lions. So the Bears should be running the ball majority of the game. I don't. I wouldn't be very surprised if Trubisky was the main spot of this game. So look for a lot of carries for Jordan Howard. Goal line carries are always possible for him. I do that a lot with players. I think if, if goal line carries are favorable for a running back, I always want to put them in my lineups because it's easy touchdowns. My sleeper pick, We this might be a very, very big sleeper because we don't know if he's going to play on Sunday. But if he does, I like Des Bryant. It's his first game back, so you shouldn't expect much. But they play the Bengals, who have statistically the worst pass defense in the NFL in almost every category. So it will be very interesting to see how in which role he thrives in as a number two receiver. And my sleeper for the week, I have none other than Ryan Fitzmagic. Gets a very interesting matchup this week with the Redskins. The Redskins do have an above-average defense, but that's majority on the ground. It can be thrown on, and I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is a lock for 40 attempts a week. I'm starting him in my fantasy league, and he's been, you know, 80% of the time he's been good, but I love rolling with the chance, so he's going to be my sleeper for the week. But before we take a break, we just got a live request to break down a very interesting topic. Thank you, Tanner Dungan, give you a little bit of a shout-out. But Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers. Would you say their careers this far have been overrated or underrated? 
Well, let's say they are very similar for the most part. I would say Drew Brees is underrated in the fact that he almost gets 5,000 passing yards every year. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback for sure. He never gets he never gets the love he needs. And thinking about the defense, think about the defenses this guy has played with. Multiple years with 30 to 32 ranked defenses. Oh, it was horrible. And he's still good for 5,000 a year. He's always been a bright spot. I mean, I you just got to love the guy. Yeah, and one thing to note, Drew Brees has never won an MVP award because he's always ran into players having career in record-breaking years. Peyton Manning with the Broncos breaking the touchdown record. Aaron Rodgers going 15-1 and a, a few seasons Tom ago. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. And this year, Patrick Mahomes probably is going to run away with yep. it. But Aaron Rodgers, he is overrated in my opinion. He should have more than one Super Bowl, no question. My thing is that I always bring up to people when they talk about Aaron Rodgers' success. Like we said, we've been talking about this for many shows. Uber talented quarterback. You can't take it away from him. But look at some of his biggest games. It's the NFC Championship game meltdown against Seattle. You can say that's on Atlanta. That wasn't even a meltdown. That was just Atlanta just beating the doors off of them. And remember, Green Bay was favored by a lot in that game. And guess who doesn't show up? Aaron Rodgers. I'm just saying. I'm just saying at this point. But no, it's a Seattle game to where you can say it's on the defense, but I mean, you don't put, you get up huge. If I remember right, they were up 17 or up 20. It was a huge margin. And then Seattle just claws back, keeps clawing back, takes a fake field goal and an onside kick. And somehow you still manage to blow the game in overtime. I just. When you talk about these Hall of Fame great quarterbacks, you just don't see a lot of this stuff happening to them, especially on on the biggest of stages. You know, one thing that's kind of changed in the last couple of years is they, for the longest time, both front offices never gave player, never brought in players to help Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees succeed. Succeed, but in recent years, the Saints have done a tremendous job with uh, Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas being the best running back and wide receiver Drew Brees has ever played with. Aaron Rodgers has never really had that as, you know, the Packers front office has always kind of built through the draft and always wanted to home grow their own players, and they've never really brought in free agency. With their new GM, I hope that changes in the future because Aaron Rodgers deserves it. We've been saying this for a long time, too, that maybe this becomes a new narrative. Is that necessarily you don't want to build through the draft, but if you can get players now in free agency, players that you know have already displayed their abilities to the rest of the league, we might, I mean, we've seen it from the Rams and we've seen it from the Eagles that. Rookie, rookie contracts and big players, it works very well for current teams. But we are going to take a break. Don't go anywhere. When we come back, we are going to wrap up the show and do our game picks. You're listening to In the Slot on 91.1 KLPR. Yeah, my life's a 
by mistake. I cannot believe that I made this in from a mixtape. You know I flooded till you know my mama rich. Grab my doll like mama. She said, make sure that my rent's paid. And I make sure that your rent's paid. Make you live your old life when you hung out with Lizzie. I don't want you never ever running in a frenzy. But that's just some shit that everybody friends say. I don't know what's next. Yeah. I don't want my ex. No. Break up with a text. Welcome back to In the Slot. I'm your host, Kate Cox, with my co-host, Lucas Wilbosch. And we have some actually very interesting breaking news that we just heard word of. Lucas, you were the one who found us, so you can start with it. So, uh, big for the game tonight, Steelers wide receiver Antonio Brown was just cited for going excess of 100 miles per hour in his vehicle. The Steelers just came out and released a statement. We don't have any comment at this time. We are still gathering details. But Brown, we don't know. They did say they don't know if Brown will play tonight now. Well, that is a massive felony. So, I mean, that makes a huge difference if you're a Panthers fan because now you don't have to worry about one of the most dynamic receivers in the NFL. You just have to worry about Connor and Juju, and that takes so much stress off of either Dante Jackson or James Bradbury because now you can focus on one, and then, then the second receiver would be James Washington so that's a you know that's a world of difference that's, this is huge but with that being said give me one second had to play the music before he made the game picks otherwise it's just not the same hey but Lucas we got some good games this week we're gonna start off with our game picks Thursday night game Panthers at Steelers who do you have I'm gonna go with the Panthers uh I've picked against the Panthers uh, the past couple of weeks against the Ravens, and they proved me wrong. So until they prove me wrong again, I'm rolling with the Panthers. You know, I'll give you points for being loyal, but I'm going to go with the Steelers at home. Even with Antonio Brown out, I still like the Steelers a lot. I just say the Panthers have been on a really good winning streak, but Pittsburgh's been hot as well. So I'm going to take the Steelers at home. Moving on to our second one. We got the Patriots at the Titans. Is there a lot to say here? No, there's really not. Uh, Malcolm Butler and Deion Lewis coming back home, but... Both have kind of struggled this year. Malcolm so. Butler, I just saw it last week. He is the 152nd ranked corner in the NFL at this Oof. point. So, I mean, Oof. That, that's pretty low. So, I'm going to take the Patriots, even in Tennessee. Shouldn't Tennessee's defense is good, but this is a New England team we're talking about. Moving on to number three, we got the Seahawks at the Rams. Good game earlier in the season. Different outcome? Uh, no. I think the Rams are going to come out pretty motivated after losing to the Saints last week and it's in LA I believe so I expect the Rams to win. I got the Rams coming uh, off or going into this game with a big win coming off a loss so I think you can pencil this one in. Seattle just got destroyed not necessarily destroyed but they got physically beat up by the Chargers last week. I think they lose to both LA teams. Moving on to the next game they got the Saints at the Bengals. Interesting game. I'm going with the Saints, you know, with the Bengals having A.J. Green out. That kind of gives the Saints secondary a more favorable matchup. But I think this New Orleans team is probably the most complete football complete football team in the NFL this year. I would say that as well. I do think this is going to be a good game because I think the Bengals will give them a fight. But I like the Saints team a lot more. I think they're more talented overall. Next game, one of our toss-up games, Redskins at the Buccaneers. This is a very interesting game because you never know what you're going to get from Ryan Fitzpatrick or Alex Smith, but I think I'm going to go with the Redskins. They lost to the Falcons at home last week, 
And I think Adrian Peterson is going to just run all over that awful Bucks defense. As much as I would love to roll with Fitzmagic, I just can't do it because I think this Redskins team is just overall better. But if the Buccaneers did win, it would be on Ryan Fitzmagic's shoulders throwing for about 404. Moving on to our next game, we've got the, uh, the Sunday night game. Dallas at Philly. I'm not a not a Dallas supporter at this point. Yeah, I'm going with Philadelphia. Carson Wentz and the the Eagles roster is just ten times better than the Dallas Cowboys this year. So not much to say. I'm gonna roll with Philly as well. I think overall this is a better team, and I think we're seeing the Cowboys fall apart a little bit. But we're gonna wrap it up with the Monday game, and let me tell you, it's a doozy. Giants at the 49ers, both one-win teams. Uh, coin flip. 49ers have two wins, but... Uh, oh, oh, they did get a second one. They, they did get they beat on, the Thursday, on Thursday. But uh, this is one of the worst games that on the schedule this year. These Both these teams are competing for the first or second overall pick, so it'll be very interesting to see. But I really like the Giants this week. They have the offensive personnel to compete with anyone. It's just, will they show up or not? I'm taking the Giants as well. I think this team is overall more talented, and it's, it's Nick Mullins. I don't know if Nick Mullins is going to go two for two. Just got verified on Twitter. Yeah, he did, but you never know. So I'm taking the Giants as well. That puts Lucas, your overall record, at 26-11. and 11. I had a nice week last week. I'm now 23-13. and 13. It was a close race. Special thanks to Austin Jacobson for coming on the show and being a guest. with us. It was a different show today. It was a lot more fun. You know, different people coming in, giving us stuff to talk about. It was, it was really fun. I had a great time. We'll see you guys next week. And remember, wake up, line up here in the slot next Thursday, 9 a.m. Don't forget.